one of the most uh, known Gemarot on the Chorban is the question that Yirmiyah had. Everybody knows that the Gemara brings down that wonder Yirmiyah Navi had at the time of the destruction. He didn't understand at all why the destruction happened. Couldn't figure it out. It's so much so that he went to look for somebody that would be able to help him out and understand why the destruction happened. But nobody around knew the answer to this wonder. He went to the Chachamim. He went, it says over there, to the Nevi'im, to the prophets. He went even to the Malachi Asherat. Nobody was able to figure out why the destruction happened. This is what the Gemara says in Bar Matziah Peihei. Amar Vida Amar Rav, Mai Dichtiv, who could tell me and figure out why was the land destroyed? They went to the sages, they went to the great sages that were there in their generation, in the Gemara generation, and in your Mea generation, and the, and the sages at his time were not able to figure it out. They went in the generation of prophets. Yirmiyah was there. They went to the prophets. They couldn't figure it out. Other places it says they went to Malach HaSharet. They couldn't figure it out. Until they went to HaKadosh Baruch himself. They told him, it's a puzzle. We don't know. It's a wonder. Can you help us out? Why was the land destroyed? Because they abandoned my Torah. Now everybody knows the questions over here, the Gemara, what it means. But it is a very basic question here that I think much is missed. I didn't hear anybody ever ask this question. Could be it's... Uh, my, uh, but it's not so much asked that Yirmiyah, in the same chapter, chapter 9, it's chapter 9 in Yirmiyah, and he himself tells us exactly, lists out the sins of the generation. And there were horrific, horrific sins. There were terrible sins. There were things that if you just go to the list, you see that if anything deserves of the destruction of Beta Mikdash, those are them. Let's just see that a little bit. We're talking about the same exact chapter where Yumiah right afterwards asks and wonders, why was the land destroyed? I don't know. But in the beginning he tells us. And this is the way Yumiah speaks. Meet Nemi. This obviously speaks in the name of HaKadosh Baruch this is now HaKadosh Baruch who speaks. It's a prophecy. This is how the chapter starts. Who will, who I wish to be in the desert, a lodging place for guests. And I would leave my people. I'll go away from them. They are all adulterers, assembly of traders. It doesn't say here there were some. It doesn't say here that there were majority. Kulam, 
it's, it's, it's a terrible nevuah. They all menafim. They all assembly of traders at Zeret Bogdim. Imagine a nation that they entirely everybody's are sinning to such an extent. Until we're talking about destruction of Bait Rishon over here. Not like Bait Shani, that they were tzaddikim and they were learning and, and, and the only sin they had is the sin of Shinam. Bait Rishon, they were guilty of many sins, Avodah Zarash, Mechutamim, Giluya Rayot, and all of them, Yirmiya says, are guilty. The, pasuk, uh, the next pasuk continues, Vaidrichu et leshonam kashtam sheker velo leemuna gavru ba'aretz. Ki merael ra'a yatsau v'oti lo yadu neum Hashem. What does it mean? Vaidrichu et leshonam kashtam sheker. They bend their tongues like bow and arrow with lies. Which means they would target people with lies. לא לאמונה, they were dishonest, כי מרעל רעה, יצאו, they proceeded from evil to evil, ואותי לא ידעו נאום השם, they don't know me, nobody knows me, what is this? nobody knows me in כלל ישראל. next פסוק, איש מרעו ישמרו, be careful one from his friend, you have to be aware from your friend, there's no friendship, there's no honesty, there's no relationship of trust, you have to beware from each and every person. Do not trust your brothers. Don't trust even your brother. There's no trust between brothers, there's no trust between friends. Every brother will deceive you, will take advantage of you. And every friend will deal with you with gossip. Imagine the generation, imagine the, how, how ruined they were, how bad they were. This is how Yirmiyah describes the generation. They all cheat each other. They didn't speak any truth. They couldn't speak truth. Truth wouldn't come out of their mouth. They train their tongue to speak falsely. The tongue is like a sharpened arrow. They speak to you one way and they go behind your back to stab you. They show you f- f- friendship and behind you, they come and stab you. Hashem wonders. That's how we, after he lists all those things, I should not punish them for this, for all these deeds. Against such people? This is Yirmiyah bringing the prophecy of HaKadosh Bochu, and right after that, he comes out and asks a wonder and wonders the following question. Why was the land destroyed? What happened? Everything is so beautiful. Everybody says so good. Why did Hashem punish us? And nobody can figure this out.
So, in previous years, I explained, that two explanations. One explanation I thought to say that Irmiah was not asking that they did not deserve the punishment for the sins or that they are all talit shekulat mamash, all good. But Irmiah is asking what brought them so low? How could you become so low? That was, that was a question. Amisrael, which is such an elevated nation, how do they come from such an elevated stage all the way down to the floor to become mamish like criminals? It's the worst of the criminals. How did that happen? And that was the wonder of Yirmiya. And then Hashem tells him the reason for that is because they left the Torah. And we all know that the Gemara says that they weren't learning Torah Lishma with the Bach explanation. That's what it means. It means that they weren't le- learning Torah in a correct manner. They took it in a wrong approach. And therefore the Torah was not able to fix them up, to, to, to make them into a correct Jew the way that one should be. That was one explanation. Another explanation, I thought, is that we all know that Torah is magna umatla, which means when a person sins, there's a protection policy. What is it? It's the Torah. Torah is magna umatla, levayoti azvu, azvu, everything the Torah As long as they keep the Torah, Torah will bring them eventually to become better. It's, it's just the time until a person that learns Torah becomes better. But as long as you learn, you have the protection from the Torah. So Yirmiya was asking, how is it possible with all the sins that they made, the Torah that they were learning didn't protect them? Why did they didn't get a protection? Could be one of those approaches. Could be that it's true. Today I like to tell you a little bit different. Or much different. Very different. And that is the, the, with the understanding of the Maral. The Maral, as you know, wrote a lot of Sepharim, very much in depth, explained everything in a different light. Imamash, he, he, he put out a new understanding to the Agatot of the Gemara and the Agatot and, and the Midrashim. And even on Chumash, he has the Guraria in length, everything. And I'd like to take you through that understanding, that my understanding in the Maral, the way he saw things. And we'll start first of all with the question, what is a Churban? What is a destruction? What does it mean, Churban Bet HaMikdash? Bet HaMikdash was destroyed. Yerushalayim was destroyed. Eretz Israel was destroyed. What does it mean, Churban? So, on a simple understanding, everybody understands. It just became rumble. And everything that was there is not there anymore. It just went to the ground or went into ashes. And that is a churban, which is obviously true as well. But that is a very superficial uh, understanding. This is not the depth of what a churban really is. And I like to, to see how the Maral explains what a churban is because he has a totally different understanding. But first of all, in order to understand that, we need to see that few gemarot that I found that seem to support the understanding the Chorban doesn't mean literally that the thing is destroyed, this, this, this became 
not there anymore. A famous Gemara in the beginning of Megillah, Daf Gimel, the Gemara says over there, speaks over there of cities, when do you, when do you read the Megillah on Yudalad, when you read it on Tetvav, and the Gemara in Gimel Amudbet speaks about Krach Shecharav. There was a city, a walled city, and it destroyed Kharav, which means Choban. What happened to that city, the Gemara wants to know. What happened to that city? What are we talking about? The Gemara gives first the option and says maybe the walls fell down. That's a good understanding. That's a little understanding of what happened to, uh, to Kharav. Kharav means it destroyed, it fell down, there's no more walls, so it doesn't have any more walls. And it changes the status from a world city to a not world city. Says the Gemara not like that. The Gemara, dis- the Gemara shlucks it up. There's a price that understands not so. And the Gemara gives the final understanding. What is it? The Gemara says the following. Shecharav, what does it mean? Krach Shecharav? Shecharav me'asara batlanin. Which means there were 10 people in the city learning and available to have a minion for Shacharit, Mincha, Arvit, for davening, they were there. Batlanin, what does it mean? Batlanin, it says over there that it's Betelim and Melacha, and they're sitting down, and they're learning, and they're davening, and they're and they fulfilling, uh, making up a minion at the place. And now, the ten people became nine, eight, seven, not anymore, ten. The Gemara calls this Krach Shecharav. The city had destroyed what does that mean, this is destroyed? A person lay, left town, he went to a different place, it's called destroyed? Yes, it's called destroyed. Why does it call destroyed? Because up to now, the Shekhinah was here, because and now there's no Shekhinah here. It's changed the status. Changing the status of something is called Kharav, according to this Gemara. And the Maral brings... Few proofs to that, that's uh, just something that I found, but there's few proofs to that. Another thing that also I came across is what it says, very famous, that Adam Rishon was commended, Who could fix? Look at the, uh, who told Adam Rishon, look at the, look at my beautiful world, look at my deeds. Who could fix what you break? Chazal said the following thing in Kohelet Rabbah. When Hashem created the third Adam Rishon, He surrounded him and showed him all the place of Gan Eden through every tree. Take a look at my creation, how beautiful, how fine they are. All this creation is for you. I created it for you. I made it for you. Pay attention. Do not destroy. Because if you do, nobody after you is able to bring it back to, this, to the same status. So we see that Kilkalkta is a Choban. What do you mean Kilkalta? What kind of Kilkuli would do? 
it will change the standard, it will change the nature of something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created, that is called Chorban, that is Tachriv Olami. And this is how the Maharal explains it. And these are the words that I want to emphasize, and he says it over and over again. The Maharal says the following thing, Kasher davar when something goes out of his order, that is called churban, that takes it out, that cancels it. When you have something on a certain way, that's the nature of things, that's the way it runs, that's the essence of the way Akadosh Baruch Hu created and wanted things to be. If you change that, that is called Chorban. So the inner understanding of Chorban is not that the wall or the city came down, but rather there was over here a change in essence, a change in the nature. It became something else. And we have a few places that we found such a thing. For instance, it says, and that's also, uh, he brings in Gur Arya, the Maharal, Shagazlanim machrivim olam. Chazal tell us that the Gazlanim machrivim, destroy the world. How do they destroy the world? If somebody took from one person and becomes his, that destroys the world. You destroyed maybe the, the livelihood of the person that you took from. And even if many people destroy, uh, many people steal, still it's a little bit hard to explain that the whole world has been destroyed. But rather what it means over here, as we explained before, that is a change of status. Change the way things are. When you take something that belongs to somebody else, it's just not merely you took something that belonged to somebody else and now it belongs to you. It changes the status of many things. It's a very important midrash. Um, the, the Gemara says, Rabbi ben Pedat, was very poor, and he complained to HaKadosh Baruch Hu one day, and he told him, look, I, I'm so poor, why don't you give me something? It was after he had a whole procedure, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him the following words, Nichalach de'afche le'alma mireisha, efshar de'mityaled, b'sha'at ha'demezone? He told him, if, I, if you want me to change your status, your financial status, I have to change the entire world. I have to create the world again. Change everything around. And maybe then, just maybe, you will be born in a time that you will have a little bit more finance. You will have a little bit more welfare. That was the understanding of the Sifte Chaim. The Sifte Chaim of Chaim Friedlander explains it beautifully. In Anagata Mazal, he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in a certain way and everything has an agenda and a goal and everything is for a purpose and everything has a mission. And if you are born in a certain way, you're born poor. You're born to such a family that's not so firm. You're born to a, to, to a family that doesn't have such a good thing in there, whatever it would be. You should know that there's a purpose over here. Kadosh Bochu didn't put you there just because it happened to be. Just because it happened to be that your father is not that successful in business or that you weren't successful in business or you married a woman or a woman that married a husband that is not successful in business. No, no. Everything is exact. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made everything for a purpose. And this is your mission in life. When you were born already, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw to it that you have such challenges in life in order to achieve the work 
in this world, which is, what is the purpose of this world? The purpose of this world is to glorify Kadosh Bohu and to show everybody the, 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 the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, he told of Elazar ben Perat, do you want me to change the entire creation, recreate the world in order to put you in such a place that you'll have no parnasah? This is the understanding of the Gemara, Gazlanim machrivim et haolam. If you take something that doesn't belong to you, you're not just changing the money or the thing that you took from that person to you, but rather you over here changed the whole creation. Something over here, there's, there's, there's an earthquake in the creation, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it. And that is the understanding of changing status, changing the status of something, changing the nature of something. That's called, according to the Maral Churban. Another thing that we found very interesting is... The Gemara, famous Gemara with Rabbi Meir in Eruvin David Gimel, it says over there that Rav Meir, Shaiti Lomet Torah Etzel Rabbi Akiva, Iti Matil Kan Kantom Letochadio, Velo Amar Li Davar. Kshabati Etzel Rabbi Ishmael Amar Li Bni, Ma Melachtecha, What do you do? He asked him. So Rav Meir told him, Lavlarani, I'm a soifer. Amar Li Bni Evezer Be Melachtecha, Be very careful with your job. שמלאכתך מלאכת שמיים, שמא אתה מחסירו, מוסיף אות אחת, נמצא אתה מחריב את כל העולם. If you add an extra word to the, or letter, to the mezuzah, to the tefillin, to the sefer Torah, or you take out, you forget one word, one letter, you should know that you are destroying the entire world. What does that mean? How do you destroy the world when you omit a letter or you add a letter? What does that mean? Says the Maharal that the understanding over here is precise because we're talking about the Torah. The Torah is the world. Everything in the world runs according to what it says in the Torah. If the Torah, in the Torah it says, in So rain will, rain will come down if people behave correctly. So that's exactly what's going to happen. And if the Torah says, in the land would not be fruitful. So that's exactly what happens when people don't behave correctly, then suddenly the, the, the land is dry. It's not about weather change. It's not about global warming. Nothing of that. Kadosh Baruch tells us as a plan in the Torah how the world would run. And therefore, when the Torah says something, and it's written something in the Torah, and you forget a letter in there, you add a letter in there, you're not just changing, you're not, you just didn't make a psul sefer Torah, you didn't make just a psul mezuzah, you are changing something in the creation. Something is shaking over here, because this is a blueprint of the creation. And now, instead of written this way, it's written something else. So the blueprint now is changing everything in the creation. That's very, very destructive. This is what he says, and that's the word he uses. It's precise. Pay attention, it's very, very interesting. He told him, Be very careful with what you do. You're destroying the entire world. So this is something 
that really worth paying attention. And this is, this is the, the words of the Maharal I'm saying. He says over here, כי התורה היא סדר המציאות, כאשר אתה מחסיר אותו, מוסיף אותו, יש כאן תוספת או חיסרון על סדר המציאות. You're changing something in the reality of the world, כמו שסידר השם יתברך כל המציאות בכללו. ומעשה אלוקים, says שלמה המלך עם קהלת. מעשה אלוקים, אין להוסיף ואין לגרוע. You're not allowed to change the work of הקדוש ברוך הוא. Nothing in the world. כאשר תוספת וגירעון בספר מציאות העולם הוא חורבן כל העולם. When you change something in nature, the entire world is shaken. Let's start put aside and I want to ask another question and then we'll see how the two connect. Another question that I'd like to address today is what happened that we are mourning more than anything else the destruction of Yerushalayim. Why not put the emphasis on so many different other things that happened so terrible. We do. The Holocaust, the pogroms, so many different things. But the emphasis is Yerushalayim. That's the center of attention on Tisha B'Av. On the three weeks. Yerushalayim. Everything is sub. It comes along with it. It's like a secondary. But the main is Yerushalayim. Why is that? There was other cities as well that were destroyed. One of them is called Beitar, the Gemara in uh, Gitim Vav says, Beitar and Turmalka. Beitar was a great city, very flourishing city, city of Tamide Chachamim, city that was busting. It was a live city. It was also destroyed. People were left over there, not buried for seven years until finally they were able to bury them. The rivers of blood were, were, were making lakes of blood. This was the city of Beitar. There's another city of, called Tur Malka. Tur Malka is even much more so. The Gemara over there, very surprisingly, explains the amount of people that were, that were killed in Tur Malka. The Gemara says in Yun Zayn, if you calculate the amount of people that were killed in Tur Malka, it comes out to 360 billion people. Now this is enormous because the world population is 7.8 billion today. And over there, the Gemara explains that 360 billion people died, if you make the calculation. Some learn it literally, and some say that the Gemara just gives, an ex- uh, it, it gives a potential of how many people it would have been able to, uh, to kill in that city. That's, um, that's as much city that it could have been producing eventually. This is how the Maharal explains. But whatever it is, whether it is this way or that way, it's an enormous amount, much more than Yerushalayim destruction. So why is it that we're putting the emphasis on Yerushalayim? Let's see the Maharal and connect everything together. Maharal is, is, is very clear when you understand everything put together. And this is how the Maharal asks. He asks on the famous Gemara of Kamtza Bar Kamtza, of, uh, of uh, Tur Malka and uh, Beitar, the Gemara says over there, Then he continues, says, Tarnegol, Tarnegolta, Tur Malka, Beitar. The Gemara puts them together, ties them together. Three stories, there was much, much, much more than three stories, but the Gemara puts together those three stories. Why the three stories 
were selected out of so many. The Gemara brings many other stories afterwards. But those are the theme. This is the, that's, that's how the Gemara starts the Gemara on the Churban. And he puts them together, wraps them together, those three together. And there's so many more things in the Yerushalmi and the Midrashim. But those are, those are the stars of the day. Why is that? What happened with those three and why are they connected? So, he explains the following. I'll read it from inside. These are his words in Netzach Yisrael. This is the reason he connects them. And pay attention also, it's precise that the first we're speaking about Yerushalayim, then Beitav and then Turmalka. It's one, dis- one Churban, one destruction. There's not three places that were destroyed and they are categorized in three different ways. No, it's one. It's considered one. Why? Which means, if Yerushalayim is not destroyed, Betar and Turmalka could have been staying there until today. Nothing would happen to them. But when Yerushalayim is destroyed, when there's a churb in Yerushalayim, then everything follows along with that like a domino. And therefore, the Gemara puts the three together. Why? He says like this, Beber Agola, Ber Chamishi, explains, I'll explain to you three great things about those places, Yerushalayim, Betar, Vetur, Malka. Vezeh. Yerushalayim is the heart. It's in the middle of the body. It's the middle of Judaism. It's in the middle of the world, of the creation. That is Yerushalayim. It's the heart. Betar is on the right side of Yerushalayim, and Turmalka is on the left side of Yerushalayim. Because everything that has a center has a right and a left, says the Maharal. לכך אי אפשר שלא יהיה כאן ימין ושמאל אשר להם גם כן דברים יוחדים. לכן, היה בארץ ישראל ביתר שהוקרח חזק ותקיף. ביתר was a very, very strong place. He was protected. And as Pasianus tried to break into ביתר for three and a half years, he wasn't successful. He wasn't able to get through to, 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 to get into ביתר until eventually Something terrible happened over there. The certain Kuti went and uh, made believe that he's speaking to Bar Koziva, which was the general of Beitar. And Bar Koziva, I'm sorry, he went to speak to the rabbi over there, Bilezer um, Amodai, and whispered in his ears. And Bar Koziva, which was the general thought that Bilezer Amodai, which was the sage of Beitar, he thought he's becoming also a traitor like that Kuti, and he came and he asked him, what is whispering to that person? And Bilezer said, I said nothing. So he kicked him and he killed him, and right away Hashem said, you killed Bilezer Modai, you'll be, you, you be killed right away. And that's what happened immediately. Bakuziva died right away, and the city was destroyed instantly. So this was a city of Betar. It was extremely strong, very, very Powerful, just like the right hand, the right side is always strong. On the other hand, on the left, there was Tur Malka. What happens on Tur Malka? Tur Malka represents ribui, flourishing, reproduction, a lot of things. And that's the reason the stories are very much precise that way. Why is it? Because 
in Tur Malka happened things that are very different than uh, Beitar, in Beitar. In Tur Malka, there was Tarnagol and Tarnagolta, which represents reproduction. Tarnagol and Tarnagola, chickens lay out many, many eggs. So whenever Chazal wanted to speak about reproduction, they spoke about Tarnagol. Don't be like a chicken, Chazal say. On the other hand, Asaka Dizrispak, Harif Beitar, that was a symbol, the, the, the place of Beitar symbolizing, we said, the hand, the right hand, the strength, and that is represented by the chariot, which is very, very strong. So therefore, Chazal explained also, says the Maral, that you have to have first, in that, in that Gemara, you have to have first the strength, and after you have the strength, you reproduce it. You make many of it. And that's why it is, the way it is, that Yerushalayim is tied together with strength of things that were surrounding it, and things that were reprodu- reproductions of many, many. There was flourishing of many, many people in Tur Malka. And that's what we explained before, that in Tur Malka there were billions of people. Whether it was or wasn't, but that is the idea Chazal trying to explain to us. It comes to multiply things by, by much. But everything starts with the heart. Everything starts with the essence. Everything starts in Yerushalayim, which was exactly in the middle. And therefore... Maral says in a different place, in Be'er Gola, Be'er Shishi, he explains that you should know that the destruction of Eretz Yisrael should have happened one time, not more than that. So why is it that we have Beitar and Yerushalayim happen in different timing also? Yerushalayim first, then Beitar. It happened a few years after. Why did that brought down as two different places that were Nechrav? Says the Maharal, Ki Betar Yerushalayim, Chorban Echadu. It's not two Chorbanos. Because one Chorban Nigzar Alem, Velo Shne Pahamim. Ki Betar Yerushalayim, Chorban Echadu, Venam Shne Dvarim Mechulakim. Uvevadai, Im Lo Nechreva Yerushalayim, Lo Ita Nechrevet Betar. Akol Nimshach, Achar Chorban Yerushalayim. Everything starts and ends in Yerushalayim. Once Yerushalayim is destroyed, once you touch Yerushalayim, you touch the heart. Just like in a body. The heart is the king of all the limbs. If, you, if a person doesn't have the right hand, he could still he could live. He doesn't have a reproduction uh, organs, he could live. He doesn't have something that represents Betar or Turmalka, he could live. But he can't live without a heart. A heart is of everything. If the heart, Chaz Shalom gets sick, if the, star, the heart stops, stops pumping, everything is destroyed instantly. And therefore, that's the idea of Chazal. And that's really what Chazal tell us, that famous Gemara in Kiddushin, Hashem, rise to the place that Hashem, Hashem chose. What is that? What's the highest place in the world? Bet HaMikdash. Which city is the highest in the world? Yerushalayim. The Farshim asks, oh, one minute, one minute. Yerushalayim is high? It's not that high. Peter Mikdash is so high? Not so high. So many different places in the world that are much higher than Yerushalayim and Beis Mikdash. What does that, what the Gemara means over here? So the Maral, the, the Ramchal, at the place over there, in the back of uh, Kiddushin Samech Tet says that what it means that the Beit Mikdash is Merkaz Olam, is the center of the world. 
That's what it means. It doesn't mean height in physical aspect. It means that it's high in spirituality. It is the center of the world that we can understand. And the Khatam Sofer explains that. And he says that whenever you have something round like a ball, so you can't find a place that's higher than the other. Everything is on that ball. So if it depends where you're putting it. You put it on this way, so the top would be high. If you turn it to the other side, so all of a sudden whatever was in the bottom would be high. So what does it mean that it's the highest place in the world? He says, Where was the world created from? What is the point that Hashem took and created everything from it? It didn't just one day Hashem said, okay, we create a world that's going to look like the globus we have today. No. He went and he created first Evan Ashtiai. He put it in a place that is known today to be in Beit HaMikdash. And from there, everything expounded and went out and what the world was created. So if that is the case, that is the meaning of what the Gemara says, that Beit HaMikdash is Gavua Mikol HaAratzot. Yerushalayim is Gavua Mikol HaAratzot. Now we understand that Yerushalayim is the heart. It's the center. Everything starts and ends in Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is something that is extremely important. And if that is the case, we can understand very clearly that when you destroy the heart, you destroy everything as well. Therefore, we can, we can clearly understand with that understanding with this with this teaching that the enemies of Klaliso are always targeting Yerushalayim, always targeting Besamikdash, always targeting Al Aqsa. What happened over there? Why is that? They, they don't know inside. The they can't explain to you, they can't verbalize, they can't tell you what's the reason. But that is the reason when something is the heart, when something is the center, it has like a pull to it. And therefore, everybody's attacking that very place. Now let's understand something. When you have such a place that is so central, so important, so holy, obviously we're talking about importance in, in, in Kedusha. When you have something that has such a Kedusha, if you pour, bring a little bit too much to it, it's, it's felt much more than if you take the Tuma to somewhere else. Take Tuma to somewhere else in the world, there's not going to be so much impression. That's not going to make an impression on it. But when you take Tuma to the holiest place, of course it's going to have a tremendous impression. And therefore, the attack on Yerushalayim is not only a war against the place. It's not only to try and conquer the place and bomb the place and do whatever they can do, attack it physically, but also to attack it spiritually. And that is what I want to explain and go back to what we explained beforehand. Today there's a war. I heard a couple of speakers beforehand spoke about this. Today there's a war, but the war have changed face. There was Things that will change very much in the last year, two years, three years, but things are happening rapidly as time goes. An evolution. It used to be that war on Yiddishkeit was an ideology war. It used to be that there was war in the world of ideology. It used to be that there was Fum people, that there was an orthodoxy, 
And then there were others, there was reform, and other sects, all kind of sects. That is an ideology war. They told, we say you should keep the laws this way, and they say the other way. We say we should do things one way, and they say it should be done another way. Okay, that's a war of ideology. Even the world at large had a lot of different changes of ideology. People that believed one thing, and they believed it differently, and they were arguing, and they were fighting, and there's, there's a lot of things that happened in the last 200 years. But something has very much changed in, in the last 10 years, and much more so in the last year, and even much more so in the last few months. And that is not anymore a war on ideology. That is a war on identity. It's a very strange thing. It used to be that people attacked ideology so you'd be able to strengthen yourself with ideology, to say, to give you a chizuk, to give you a chizuk, give you your talmidim a chizuk, give your, your, your children a chizuk, and explain to them about a muna, about a kadosh bochu, about frumkite. And that is the war that have happened throughout generations. This is generations war. Something very different happened now. This is a war on identity. Identity is something totally different. It's changing Teva, which means Yirmiya, when he explains to us that he doesn't understand what have happened over here, with the question we asked, I think the meaning over there is that Yirmiya was asking, I don't understand. When people sin, they get punished. What, what punishment means? The worst punishment you'll have, you'll send them to a Golus. That's fine. You send them away. But why hurt Yerushalayim? Why destroy Yerushalayim? Why destroy Beis Amikdash? That's not part of punishing a person. And that is when HaKadosh Bochu told them, no, there's a change of years. In essence, when you have a change in essence, in Mahut, in Teva, <coughs> differently, you change things from the way I created them, then you have to change, then there's no life anymore, no life anymore to the thing, to the baby I created, to the creation, to Yerushalayim, to the heart. You are changing the creation, the heart stops pumping. That is what, that is the back and forth between Yeremiah and the Nevim and the Chachamim and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They didn't understand why Yerushalayim should be destroyed. You want to punish the people, I understand. Send them away, punish them, do whatever it is. They deserve it. It's hard to say. But the Batirumiya lists all the sins of the people, fine. But why you have to destroy the heart? Why you have to destroy Yerushalayim? Why you have to go to the center where the world was created and take that away? And Kadosh Bochu explained to him, no, you, or you have to do that when the creation is not what I created anymore. That's it. That's not what I created. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu destroyed the world beforehand when things have changed the essence, the, the, the nature. When is that? In Sedom, for instance. And Shes Dom, Raim V'chataim, the what they were doing, the Mashchitim, the, the Or Chaim says, they were Oisekin, Mishkav Zechor, which was a terrible thing. This changed the nature. When you change the nature, HaKadosh Baruch Hu destroyed the place. Same thing happened in the Babul. What happened in the Babul? Same thing. When there was... Ashchata in the place. What does that mean? Rashi tells us over there that all of a sudden, even the animals started going not with their own mates. 
Well, the, 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 the animals went with different, they mate with different animals. That was a strange, strange thing. That is strange in nature. That is strange in, in, in the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu formed the world. That's not my word, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. That's not what I created. That's not what I wanted. You t- took something and you completely, what he told Adam Rishon, Yisrael, Shalot, Tekalkel, Vetachriv, Etaolami, Shim Atamekalkel, En Mishetaken Acharecha. That's it. You destroyed it. That's not the world I created. You, you, you attack the heart. So there's not, the, the baby doesn't live anymore. And that's what happens today. Today, a person used to be that a person knows he was born. So right away they tell him, you're Jewish. And you're a boy or you're a girl. And then he gets married and you're a married person. And you're a father or you're a mother. There's some things that are obvious in nature, in nature. There were not things that you could argue. You can argue what is Judaism. You can argue what is Judaism. So reform would say this way. Conservatives would say this way. Orthodox would say this way. Okay. That's a, that's an argument in ideology. Today, it's not like that. It's identity. You're a boy, you don't have to be a boy anymore. At age six, you can change your gender. You're a girl, you don't like to be girl, they teach you, you are trapped in the wrong body. They teach you that from kindergarten already. You're trapped in the wrong body, and if you want to change the way you are, the city will fund it. And the parents have no say. Imagine a child, six years old, eight years old, ten years old, teenagers. Teenagers today know what they want. They only know that they want pizza and they want, uh, they want, they want french fries. What do they know? Today, they decide this way. Tomorrow they decide that way. And it's not changeable. Once you, once you do something, you can't go back on what you're doing. So today, the city will fund it. And it's not only here. It's throughout the world. It's the Western society. It's the Western ideology. It's a change. It's a war on identity. And don't think we are not affected by it. This is all over. You walk down the street, you see flags with the rainbow colors. These disgusting colors are all over. When my kid brings from school, from school, from yeshiva, he brings a toy that has those colors. They don't know better. They probably found it a little bit cheaper. They bought a bunch of them. They gave it out. But when he brings it home, what kind of brainwashing is that? When I go to somebody's house and I see that they have a ball with the rainbow colors and the parents don't even hop. There's something wrong here. I tell them, do you know what you have here? Oh, it's nothing. We don't, they don't, this is brainwashing. You go to buy cereals with your kids and you see in the cereal all kind of things that represents crazy, crazy ideology of change of identity. When you go to, 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 to Target, Target had a whole aisle with things, disgusting things. So you take your kid. Who doesn't take his kid to Target? You want to shop for, diff- for, for different things for the house. Today, it's all over. They take kids for those that go to Disney World. You shouldn't go, but those that go. They have over there today that used to be disgusting things in, in, in Disney World. Today, it's not anymore disgusting. Today, it's distorted. It's distorted. It changed in identity, in the way things in the norm, norm, just be normal. Today a boy does, I, I had few people calling me. Somebody called me, says, my wife works in the school, she's not allowed to call the boys boys and girls girls. She's not allowed to say that. You're not, to, not, you're not allowed to say today, boys, we're going to recess. How do you know they're all boys? How do you know they're all boys? Just because they appear boys, they're all boys? 
Maybe he doesn't want to be a boy. Today, bathroom is not a protected place. Today, there's a war on bathrooms, on privacy. Today, there's a war on words. You can't use words anymore. Today, there's a war on identity in every level, and it's, on, it's, it's, it's within reach of our children. We know how to protect ourselves, because in somewhat, within time, we understand that this is... But they're targeting the most fragile, the most vulnerable. The kids, they don't know right from wrong. You tell a kid, maybe you're not a boy, so he rethinks it. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. I did like the doll that my sister have. Maybe I'm not. So you target people. This is a war on identity. More than that, the war of identity started years ago, many years ago, on parenthood. Today, a father is not a father anymore because they, took, they easily take his children away from him in, in family court. Why, why does a father need the children? He doesn't need the children. Today, you could raise a kid, you could have a family of eight, and one day they take them all away from you. Same thing with the wife also, but today there's nothing like that. Today the whole family structure, married structure of family unit, already is very, very weak, because in an instance they can tell one of the people, there's something else out there, change the way it is, and this, is, this, this breakdown of society, this very breakdown of what I'm saying started already generations ago, maybe two, three generations ago. But today, in the last year, and the last few years, but it's getting worse and worse, it's becoming so destructive, and it's affecting us. Hopefully not, but, but, but it's coming to us, it's, it's attacking us, it's targeting us, it's targeting every kid, especially a kid that opens his eyes and his friend has a phone, he has a phone, or he opens a newsletter, or he walks down the street, I don't know where it is already, it's all over, Kinsaway, he goes to a parade, he goes to a Luna Park, we went to a certain thing in Detroit, we went, they had over there like uh, those things that you go down, uh, I forgot what it's called, with a, from a tree. Like a zooming thing with a wire. My kid went on it with flags all over. I told my wife, do you know what it is? My wife didn't know, Baruch Hashem. I told her, this is the most disgusting thing, all these colors over here. This is an attack, brainwash attack on the most fragile. This is attacking the nature of the heart of what we're talking about. It's coming to the core, and it's going to Yerushalayim as well. And this is something that we need to be... We need to be open our eyes and understand that it's, it's coming and it's attacking. And once it's attacking, it doesn't make a difference whether it's Jewish or not Jewish, because Sdom and the Mabu were destroyed, the world was destroyed, even though they were, good, they were going. But that is exactly what happens, and we need to be very, very careful with that and pay attention to what we're seeing, what our children are seeing, and educate them, educate them. You're a boy. You have to be proud to your boy. You're a Jew. You have to be proud to your Jew. You are who you are. You have to be proud. Strengthen who we are. You've, ju- you've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.